Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast hangtown wrap-up. First round of the Nationals has come and gone, and uh, and myself, Steve Mathis, and with my two buddies are here to break it all down the, the best way we can. Uh, thanks to BTO Sports for coming on board with this. Discount code is Steve. Save yourself some fat cash by using the code word Steve when you check out. So uh, my, my, those two buddies of mine would be Jason Wygant. Yeah. And Jason Thomas. Hello. It's Jason Squared. Yeah, we got BTO squared. We got Jason squared. Yeah. Good uh, math on here. Wow. Um, guys, uh, Hangtown, come and gone. And uh, although we saw two double moto sweeps, I, it was still very exciting. Uh, Wygant, um, I guess, first of all, we'll start with you. You called the action uh, for the first time all year. How was it? How was it back in the booth with Fro? Yeah, it's the most fun job that you can possibly have, like, in the world. And I've had a lot of them at these tracks. It's you would think it'd be like the most pressure, the most stressful, most nerve-wracking, but it's really just the most enjoyable because, you know, you have such a, you know, it is Mathis Supercross. You're pretty much a one-man gang. Like whatever you do is just what you do. There's no help. There's no support. It's pretty much all on you to do your job. We're here. We have a crew, and why don't we think about this? And why don't we cover that? And what about this angle? What about that angle? It's really kind of neat to have, I mean, they were talking like 30 people over there who are really into it. I know some people probably don't think the people on the TV crew are into the sport, but they actually are, and that's really refreshing to come to the races like that. So, yeah, I wish I wish we ran double headers. I like doing TV that much. I'm going to do it again on Sunday. I, uh, I read on Vital that you guys are ruining the sport, so that's strange, but, um, yeah. Yeah, ruining their sport. Right, right. Um, Outsiders like Jeff Emig ruining their sport, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you're back behind the mic calling the action. I, when you say it's the most exciting thing you do, I mean, is it better than the wrestling? I mean, better than Weed Wrestling at League? At the motocross, yeah, only at the motocross oh, okay. race. That's the same at the motocross Because, JT, we saw the tapes. That looked like fun, too. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about those tapes. I'm still – uh, I'm scarred for life, honestly. There's a few <laughs> moments, and Matt, as you know, the moments I'm talking about, they're just un. They're just un- unbelievable. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never yeah. seen anything like that. No, never have seen anything like that. The never pelvic, will. The pelvic thrusting in the corner was I, unreal. I feel like mission accomplished when I hear these things. I mean, that's what we were going for. <laughs> you feel like shock value was done. Was, was, yeah, I mean, it was 100% pure shock value. Stamp it. <laughs> Approved. Um, I feel like you, bro- you guys broke a lot of laws in those videos. Yeah, I think that we pretty much came up with what – what could we do to make this more offensive next week? That was pretty much the goal. <laughs> we left no stone. We left no rock unturned. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and thankfully, though, Wygant, I think you come off 
maybe the best of the bunch. I didn't see any blatant, scary things that involved you yourself. Uh, yeah, that's really. <laughs> I mean, and I say I that with to all laugh due when respect. I guys do that, but I wasn't really into it personally. Like, that wasn't really my. It's not really my deal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, funny though, how you were an announcer even back then. Well, that's the part that I want to showcase the most. Once I get these and edit, do you think I can even show come up with fifteen minutes of like watchable footage? <laughs> well, out of eight hours. It depends if the room is clear of children. That's what I'm right, saying. Exactly. Like, you could go to jail. And your religious, your religious affiliation. <laughs> yes, also. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can see a young Wigan had the pipes, huh, JT? Even back then. Oh yeah, he was uh, definitely feeling it. That the insight was incredible. It was yeah. just highly offensive. Right. Although that wasn't. It was like a two live crew video, but only dudes. <laughs> a bunch of white <laughs> kids from Jersey. Uh, there was at one point, though, Wigan, I'm worried about it because you were announcing in the ring and then you got attacked and beat down and they grabbed the mic from you. And I hope you're okay from that. At Hangtown or on the tape? I'm confused. Oh, on the tape. Oh. No, well, that was me uh, at Hangtown. At one point, when, when the college semester would begin, uh, I would need to go away for a little bit. So we'd have to write in um, oh, a storyline where I would be gone for right, a while. Right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, all right, enough about that. But. Uh, yeah, the uh, it was cool to see you back in the in the TV booth again, Wygant. You you got the start of the race and everything. That was cool. I thought Fro was on point, um, and you had a new girl there. Georgia Lindsay's paperwork uh, to announce isn't quite done yet, so that girl literally was called off the couch. Yeah, and paperwork is um, INS paperwork. You ever been through that, Mathis? Uh, yeah, yeah, a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I There's relate. no rushing. There's no rushing that, and I think they were thinking of. How can we maybe fudge this and just say that she's working for free? And and I don't think that really works when you're mm -hmm. on a, like an actual television, right. you know, production. Um, I don't. There's proof she's working. We just watched the show. <laughs> exactly. So so no working. Um, yeah, the other girl uh, does um, the American Le Mans series, which is a, a car racing series, and they had been in Laguna Seca the weekend before. They called her on Thursday and said, you don't happen to still be in Northern California. And she's like, yeah, I'm in San Francisco just hanging out for a few days. They're like, ever been to a motocross race? No. Well, come on down. Yeah. She did pretty good. Um, I think she did good. It was unbelievable. You yeah. could not tell. Like, I defy anyone. I know that people just criticize anyway. But you could not find one thing she said that was not true or accurate. Yeah. No. It was good. I was I was impressed, honestly. I didn't know anything about her, and and I didn't know she didn't know one thing about motocross until you just said that. And you couldn't tell her pronunciations of people's names: Tyler Rattray, Moto. You know what I mean? Like she had all of the yeah. the lingo and all the correct nomenclature, all everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she so was able pretty, to. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and like she had talked to Millsap earlier in the day, and he said, "I've never actually gotten a full 450 season in without getting hurt. So my goal is to be consistent. So then when he fell in a second moto." She's like, he said his whole goal was to be consistent, and here he is, you know, in 30th place. Like, I was like, man, she picked up on that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was impressive. Yeah. But that's a sign of a true professional. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good, I thought. Well, I said that over and over. Most, unlike us yahoos, like most people, you report it, right? Like a house is on fire downtown. You just have to go figure it out and cover it. And then the next week you're covering, like, some government thing. Like, only we're idiots enough to just, we only do one thing and one thing only. Yeah, professional. Oh yeah, you put me. You you make me announce something about a ping pong game or something. I'm gonna come off like a complete moron. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Tough thing to do. Um, bigger story this weekend. Why again? James Stewart coming back. 
to Suzuki and going 1-1 or Jason Thomas costing Ryan Dungey the win? Bigger story. Well, it has to be the JT one because, I mean, that could have potentially spoiled the Stewart story as well. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. So, really, the whole race came down to JT. JT, you did take some flack um, for this uh, on my Twitter anyways. Um, you were off Twitter again. You were gone once again. Uh, <laughs> uh, can't, wait for you, can't wait for you to come back. Uh, but uh, you took some heat on this, uh, and we talked a little bit about it on the Pulp Show, but for people who don't hear that and, and hear this, I guess maybe talk about that uh, situation with Ryan where you actually did hold him up, but it kind of wasn't your fault. Well, my favorite part of this is off the air before the show. We're like, oh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I get it. You didn't know he was there or whatever. Mics go on, camera time. Let's talk about how you ruined the race. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. No, it was just, uh, just a bad deal. I, I Like I told you guys before, I, I had no idea he was there. None. No clue. You know, I, I knew Stewart had come through. Uh, and then myself and Wes Smith had been battling for the whole race, like literally back and forth battling. And you can see it if you watch the replay. You can see us. We're still side by side when, when Dungy comes up on us. Uh, so for me, it was like a 100% uh, surprised when he passed me. I didn't know he was there. I definitely was not trying to change any part of the race or be, you know, I, I wasn't a factor in that in that race. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't trying to be a factor with those guys. So the last thing I want to do is, is ruin anything for anyone. I know how, how hard everyone works, the team personnel, the riders, everyone. So um, if anyone thinks that I was doing anything on purpose to cause a problem or be in the way or, you know, just not true so you know, obviously i'm an apologist to ryan to his face and you know I, I don't want to you know i don't want him to think that i was trying to do anything or or was intentionally getting in the way or you know mm -hmm. more concerned with my race than theirs or anything like that it's just right. uh just a bummer i mean i, I feel bad and I, i'm it's upsetting that people think that i would you know yeah just do something that stupid like getting in their way on purpose or the, something the uh the the getting in the way and the purpose and why can't the conspiracy theories by the fans at times, get so silly in this sport. And even conspiracy theories with Racer X and all that, like, it's incredible that people think that some people plan all this stuff out. And we're behind the scenes and we're like, yeah, none of that happened. You know? Um, well, JT, where is your alliance with the fellow Suzuki rider now, Stewart? Or, since JGR has a hand in the performance of your motorcycles, are you anti-Stewart? Like, you must have been torn when you were trying to decide how what to, to affect the outcome of that race and who, <laughs> who you would favor to win. Right. The only thing tearing were my lungs. My lungs were literally tearing apart <laughs> at that point in the moto. I was wasn't torn in any other way. I, I don't – I mean, if, if Michael Byrne or Jimmy Albertson are out there and I can do something to help them do better or myself, that's one thing. Everybody else, is, it's a free-for-all. I mean, I have, I have respect for everybody out there. You know, not to mention the guys that are putting me a lap down. You know what I mean? I, right. I know how hard I work and how hard I try, and for somebody to be able to put me a lap down, I don't have anything but respect for him. So, well, uh, and I, I, I want to touch on this with Wygant because we talked about this yesterday on uh, IM. Um, but before we get to that part of it, you know, it's always and I know this because I've been around a long time and I watch the races. But once again, watching you and Les Smith with with James and Ryan again, like, reminded me, like, you guys are 29th and 28th. You and Les Smith are battling it out. 
and it is all hell has broken loose. Do you know what I mean? Like, and this is, oh, yeah. you guys, there's no points. It's about 20 bucks in purse money difference uh, between one spot or another. And these are just, I mean, you guys are going at it. And people just don't realize how huh, Wygant, like, it's just, it doesn't matter. Everybody is racing. <laughs> that's, that's just something yeah. that I always get. And I know it. Well, I'm going to go off on a rant uh, at the end of the show. Remind me, I don't want to. We can talk about the race first, but oh. the show will not end without me going off on a rant on that particular topic. Oh, okay. The, you, you want to bring that up at the, the end? The hard, okay. the hard work thing and all that stuff. Okay. Just just remind me to not right. hang this phone up until I okay. weigh in. Um, all right. Well, we'll transfer that to the end. But it, it is funny, huh, JT? Like, you guys are going at it for 20 bucks and no points. Yeah, but if you, like, that's the whole thing. If, if, we were, if me and Les Smith were the only people out there or we were the best two guys out there on that particular day or whatever, like a local race or whatever. Yeah. People would be like, holy crap, you guys were hauling ass out there. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, it, it's right. not like we were just cruising around, like, not jumping yeah. doubles and rolling. You know what I mean? It's not. It's just not like that. And, I mean, it, it, and it, yeah, you could, just, if you could teleport Les Smith and Jason Thomas to any one of the other 49 states that weren't having a national that day, they would be the subject of adulation by all the motocross fans at the track. Yeah, absolutely. It's just right. that's that's just a testament to how high the level is. Right. You know what I mean? That those guys that are ahead of us and that are just pulling away from us are ridic- going ridiculously fast. And I think that gets lost on a lot of people because right. they see us getting beat. You know, we're getting beat badly by the top guys, but I think they lose that that sense of what me and Les Smith would do to somebody at their track. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I agree. We would just be handing out beat downs left and right to people. I can't wait any longer. What? <laughs> I can't hold back any longer. I can't hold back. I can't oh. wait to the end of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. It just, just fires me up. Okay, so last week I do an interview with Jeff Ward, one of the most knowledgeable, not just motorcycle racers, racers of any kind in the history of the planet. And he throws out the classic, if you look at all the riders in the top ten, they all have the same talent and speed to ride a motorcycle fast for one lap. The difference is being able to do it lap after lap. And that's where the hard work comes in. That's what Jeff Ward says. What is the hang-up with people saying ridiculous things like that? It's not true. It's not true in any sport. Why would all of a sudden the only form of athletic competition where the top ten athletes are dead equal on talent is motocross? It's not like that in any other sport. To say that the difference between James Stewart and whoever got tenth, well, unfortunately, I have to say in Hangtown it was Nico Izzy, so maybe that's not a fair comparison. If you say the difference between James Stewart and the guy that gets 10th is that Stewart trains harder than that guy, is an insult to all the other riders. You are then saying that Brett Metcalf is as talented and as fast as James Stewart, but he's a pussy when it comes to training and doesn't step up enough. You're saying that about Nick Way. You're saying that about Justin Brayton. Like, guys, we know that work really, really hard. Why do guys that are very knowledgeable, like Jeff Ward and everybody else out there, Continue to harp on this same ridiculous point, which you know is not true. Well, it does not come down strictly to Stuart trained harder. That's ridiculous. It's just like Carmichael. He just wants it more. He just wants it more and trains harder. Yeah. He had the same ta- – Carmichael had the same natural talent and speed as everybody else out there. He just trained harder. That is ridiculous. Yeah. When he was beating me on a 60 by two laps in a six-lap race, he, you know, he just wanted it more training. then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. He didn't have Alden Baker at his side then, but somehow he trained harder. Yeah, it's it, it, J, J, JT. Can you let us know right now? Is James Stewart more talented than you? 
Um, I would say five to six times more talented. <laughs> I get it. Well, again, that is that is the oldest thing in the book, and and Wardy is uh, an icon in the sport. He really is. But um, yeah, these are knowledgeable people. Yeah, yeah. And what yeah. they think that they are complimenting the guys that win, but what they're actually doing is insulting the people that don't. Because to read that means Stewart's doing his job, and the guys that get seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth are being overpaid. They are lazy. They are underachievers because they are out-trained by Stewart. When in reality, as we're saying, you go all the way back to guys out of the points, not even in the top 20, battling for points. I know that you and Les Smith are not leaving anything on the table. That was as fast as you could ride. You prepared as best as you could coming into the race. You did not sit on the couch eating Cheetos on Wednesday, and then you're getting 20 knots in a motor saying, oh, well, that's on me. I ate those Cheetos. Yeah. I shouldn't have done it. I, it's an insult to yeah, you know, uh, 39 riders in the field. I don't understand this. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with it, but I have a lot of respect for Jeff Ward, so, you know, it's his opinion, I guess, and yeah. we have differing opinions. I, I don't know. He's not the I only can, one, I, though. So. I can tell you that I've gotten 10th lots of times. I mean, lots and lots and lots of races that I've gotten 10th place. Right. And in no way, shape, or form did I feel like, oh, man, if I would just had a little bit better day, I could have won today. Nope. <laughs> never, never. Never crossed my mind. <laughs> right. Right. Nope. I, I mean, there was I one time, and, and I, I talk just about, got hired. Yeah, I, I talk about this all the time because when people bring stuff like that up, at Redbud in 2005, I got 10th place. And, you know, they, back then, they didn't have the – the times or the results or anything on online yet. So it was all the sheets. You know, like the sheets were like, oh, this is all our data. Like, let's study the sheets, you know, that they handed out. Yeah. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, I'm so I'm like, oh, well, let's see one, well, you know, how far was I off again, like seventh? Or I, I think Nick Way got like fifth that day. So I'm like, let me see what, you know, what do I got to do? What do I got to do here? And, uh, you know, I was a little bit off. It wasn't anything crazy. And then I go down and, you know, my lap time, the tracks were super long back then. So my lap time was like a 254. I remember this like it was yesterday. A lot of times it was a 254. All right, you know, Nick Way was like a 252 or something. And, you know, I, it wasn't terrible. I can, you know, hard work. I could possibly get up there. Um, and then I, I'm going down, going down. Yeah, they're getting faster and faster. And then I go to Ricky Carmichael, and I just, I'm just staring at it. And, and I can't get it through my brain that the number that I'm looking at is a 239. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're telling me that, those 15 seconds are, you know, we have the same talent level. There, no, there's no chance. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, a 15 and, second um, and one lap difference yeah. between first and tenth. Yeah, that's that's not just pure training for sure. Uh, Lake Ways probably had more tenth place finishes than anyone ever, and I don't think anyone's ever accused him of being lazy, you know, I have. or nope. underachieving. I have, but oh well, you're you're. As, what did he say about his mechanic when his mechanic told him that? Yeah, he told me to shut up. Stop. You showed, you're even lazier than I am. Yeah, stop putting double cheese in my ignition and causing DNFs in Manila. <laughs> um, hey, let's move on to the race. Let's go. Um, why again? Are you are you sufficiently vented? I might have to go off on this a okay. little bit later okay, right. again. Uh, Stewart won one, and um, you know I took some heat for this on my Twitter account, saying uh, that you know he looked like he was cruising, but then at least uh, Mitch Payton came on the Pulp Mech show and totally agreed with me, which made me definitely feel better. Um, and why, and Thomas, you were, uh, you were racing. So 
holding him up, of course. But um, Weege, he he looked like he was cruising, right? I mean, he wasn't out of control, blowing up berms, scrubbing shit. I mean, he looked great, I guess. Oh, well, looks like I've stumbled back into my previous point. I, uh, I, I just can't help myself here. <laughs> um, here's another point that no one ever brings up on this same topic. Okay, so, yeah, the beginning of the race, he gets the lead from Short, and then Short, Metcalf, and Millsaps are having a really good battle behind him. Um, and Stewart, you know, his lap times didn't drop much throughout the moto. He was solid the whole time. So, obviously, he was fit. But no one ever brings up the point. You ever think that it's possible that when Stewart's doing 206 lap times out front, he's doing that riding at, like, 98%, while the other guys are riding balls to the wall, full castration, as we say, mm-hmm. to try to match that pace. Hence, that's why they get more tired, not that he's more fit. Maybe no different than if JT and I went on the track right now and they told us to both do three-minute laps. For me to do a three-minute lap time, I'd be so pumped up and exhausted from making so many mistakes to try to go that speed one lap. I'd be dead, and JT would probably be just riding, standing up, cruising in third gear, right. not expending any energy. It doesn't mean the fitness was the difference. Stewart clearly was able to ride that speed without putting out the same effort. Seems like it to me. All right. <laughs> Again, you're back on that. But I'm back on that. But, but I mean, do you, is it surprising? Is his ride surprising? Well, I mean, I'm writing about this right now. It's the least surprising, surprising ride ever. With all the things stacked against him, did anyone doubt this was going to happen anyway? Yeah. It was like everyone expected this to happen, even though if you looked at all the stats coming into the race, you'd be like, hasn't raced in years, switched to a new team, had a horrible Supercross season, but he'll probably win. <laughs> and he right, did. right, right. I mean, I definitely, if you'd asked me, okay, if you'd said, James is going to go 1-1 at uh, Hangtown, Mathis, how does it happen? I say, uh, Dungey crashes or Dungey's bike breaks. No. Yeah, sure. I mean... Uh, really? Sorry, if you were to say he goes 1-1 easily, I guess. You know, uh, handily. He caught and passed Dunge in the second moto. And that's a surprise, I think. First race wow. out. First race out. I mean, I- I'm the one who was saying golden shower is raining yellow. So, you know, I mean, I'm on the bandwagon. I'm there. But the ease at which he went 1-1 surprised me. I think that's the respect you have to have for Stewart, and that's why when yeah. the Stewart haters get mad at get mad at us for not officially writing his obituary and burying him and saying it's over and it's done, and they're accusing us of giving him too much credit. I think it's because we know that there are days like this still in the guy. Yeah. Um, I really wasn't surprised, and I, I don't feel like you know when he was fast in practice, I don't think that anyone was shocked. When he won the motos, I don't think anyone was shocked. Um, I know it's crazy for a guy to not race outdoors for four years and it not be a surprise, but that's the level of respect you have to have for Stewart, even when he's struggling. You know it's still there. JT, what do you think? Uh, man, I'm probably gonna. People are probably gonna be really mad for me saying this, but <clears throat> I thought it looked really easy for him. Right. Um, yeah, you just. I felt like I never really saw him. In any kind of panic or no, in a, even in a hurry, like no, he didn't look like he was in a hurry out there. No, it's just, I mean, and that, that's I hate saying that because I know I know how hard everyone was trying, but yeah. it just didn't look like he was really having to take chances or mm-hmm. 
push the edge or do and I just never saw him out of his comfort zone whatsoever and that that's that's a scary thing if you're <laughs> one of the guys trying to beat him it, con- it kind of reminded me of like Glenn Helen when he came off from his knee surgery and you're like ah oh, dude he's barely been riding uh oh oh one one smoked him uh oh yeah uh oh <laughs> you know yeah I was uh like, yeah, I'll be I'm interested for this weekend because this track I feel like is maybe Ryan Dungey's best. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he's really good at Millville, but man, he has been dominant at this racetrack coming up. And if James does it again to him, man, it's gonna it's gonna be a long summer. I think you let the, if you let him get that much confidence and where he's not even stressing anymore, yeah. man, that's that's not good news for well, everybody. Well, again, I missed the press conference, but how many seconds until someone brought up twenty four zero? Uh, Stewart, to his credit, uh, does his best to squelch it before yeah. it even happens. Um, the first question that was asked was, going back to Glen Helen in 08, did you feel as confident then as you do now? Like, you probably didn't think you were going to go 24-0 that year, but do you right. have the same basic feeling that you did leaving that race? And he said, I'm actually more prepared now because that year I was coming off a knee injury. Um, but I don't even want to talk about 24-0. It's not going to happen. That's not the goal. So he made sure to squelch that before any other questions about it could be asked. What about his hand? No one asked about his hand. <laughs> Was his hand okay? Wh- That's actually been a while, though. No, I know. No, I believe you yeah. really did hurt his hand. I do. Yeah, me too. That, no. that was almost two months ago now, if you think about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, Davey Millsaps rode great, man, in that first moto. He really shocked the crap out of me because Dunge was on him. And he just dropped his lap time by like three seconds uh, with two laps to go or three laps to go to get that second place. And I know it's the first moto of the year, but those are all points that Dungeon might look back on and be like, ah, shit. You know, David Millsaps beat me. Um, great ride for Millsaps. But, and kind of funny, huh, why get to see the JGR guys one and two, sort of. Yeah, someone uninitiated was probably looking at the results there and being like, man, that thing's coming together. <laughs> I got that Yamaha yeah, working good. Supercross, but look at this. Right, right. Those oh, are the yeah. same people like tweeting Chad Reed if he's racing Hangtown. Right. Or, or the same people that tweeted me and said, okay, so James is riding for free. Does he have to pay for travel and bikes, et cetera? <laughs> that was, swear to God, straight up tweet. Does he have to pay for bikes and travel? Yeah, bikes. Yeah, if James Stewart doesn't pay for a bike, I don't think he's ever paid for a bike. Honestly. I would, yeah, I would yeah. highly doubt it. Maybe a PW50. Um... Uh, but okay, so if you're uh, JT, if you're Ryan Dungey, are you s- super bummed? Are you okay with this? I mean, was he close enough? Do you tell yourself that you were close enough that it's okay that you're going to Texas fine? Or um, is this a disaster to the go second through? Moto, to? The second moto, yes. The first moto, he couldn't have been happy. There's just no way he could have been like right. calm and think everything's fine. He, After the second moto. Um, yeah, you just say that I got in the way and, you know, he, he was close. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't, I don't think it's full panic after the second moto because he proved he could, he could ride with him and it wasn't just like James rode off in the sunset, you know? Does so. any, does any of us think that had JT not effed him, that Dunge would have put a pass on a charge and put a pass on him? Does anybody think that? I mean, I know you got to tell yourself that as a racer and his fans have to say that, but do we... Do any of us believe that or no? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so. No, but okay. I, I feel like that's 
that's making it too much of a win-lose situation. Like it was a fail. That makes it sound like it was a failure of a moto or a failure of a strategy, um, which I don't think it was. Even though he probably wouldn't have won, but I don't think that means. Well, yeah. Write that moto off. That sucked. That performance sucked. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. I was it makes it sound that way. I was thinking to myself, he, this he's gonna wait. He's gonna wait. And then I saw my buddy the 66 there, and you know that sort of cost him like three seconds, almost. Um, that whole sequence. So. We kind of took that strategy out the window, but anyways. But I'm thinking, you know, when Stewart did go 24 and 0, um, there really wasn't a chat like no, unless he would lead him for three quarters of the first lap, and then that was it. Right. Um, you very rarely, and I know Stewart is coming off a long layoff outdoors and such, but still, the fact that a dude just hung on his rear wheel for 25 minutes doesn't happen very often. So I don't right. think if you're Dungey and Stewart, or if you're Dungey and KTM, you're like this is a disaster. Right. You don't okay. see people pressure James for 25 minutes very often. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for btosports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the btosports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bicar body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. JT, you watched the race, right? Yes, I did. Uh, if you're Dungy or James, uh, are you upset at Michael Essie's apparent corner to, you know, side-to-side -side movements? Um, I wouldn't be happy, that's for sure. I think they know to expect it from him. Yeah. But I, I, I would have been mad, yes. But I would in the back of their mind, they're like, gosh, why does Mike do that all the time? That's what I would have <laughs> right, been thinking. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It would just be like, golly, I'm tired of the guy doing that. The, but I don't think, I don't know. Maybe his Moto Concepts some, 450, his Moto Concepts 450 just isn't riding that well. No, he just, uh, he takes, he takes racing to a whole different level of strategy. It's like, <laughs> I'm not racing my race. I'm going to race your race also. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, you're not going in that line because I'm going to cut over on you so hard that you're going to move over there. <laughs> and then the next line, I'll figure it out halfway down, and I'll decide where you're going there too. <laughs> uh, I saw Mike in the press conference, and he was, uh, hey, you talk me up good on TV. You like how I'm, the, I'm, I'm, not, I'm racing those guys, man. I'm not a pushover out there. Were you saying that? Like, he takes pride in that. Like, to him, that's racing. Yeah, I saw – I flew with him back to Vegas. Uh, so, I saw him in the airport on the on, on a rental car bus, on mm -hmm. the, in the airport, at the gate, on the plane, off the plane. Um, 
Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna talk me up in observations. You're gonna talk about talk. About, what are you gonna talk about? You talk about how I, you gonna talk me up? You know, did I get a race? I could talk. I'm like, yeah, you did good. Should have said you're not gonna talk about him at all because he wouldn't do an interview. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't do an interview with me after the race. Why again? He said no interviews at all. Um, not with nothing personal against me. No yeah. interviews at all. Didn't want to do it. Too many people twist his words. And I said, but that's you, actually been their strategy the last couple of years. Yeah. And I said, um, but outdoors. You, I said you just did and a press. And I have to admit, okay. it's actually, it's you know one of Tony's wacky theories, but this one I think has actually worked out pretty well. Um, after Hangtown in 2010, when he won the moto in the 350, um, and remember Mike was acting like he won the overall, and then Chad Reed had to make fun of him in the press conference and say, "Wait a minute, I thought I won." Yeah. What's this guy talking about? I think after that they learned uh, we better just chill out, and no matter what happens as the opener, the opener can be wacky. Good or bad, don't say anything because we might end up looking stupid. So I think they've learned their lesson from that one. Like, don't take anything. I mean, he rode well, so he'd probably say things were going well, and I feel good. But what if he gets seventh next week? He sounds stupid. So I think they're just not going to say anything after the opener. That's their new thing. That makes, I mean, I know what you're saying, but that makes no sense to me. I don't understand how you can say that that's a good theory and that works. When, when when Mike says that you know people twist my words, I'm like, well, yeah, but we're doing a podcast, so no one's it's going to be your your voice. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I said, but you were just at a press conference. And he goes, yeah, I had to do that. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like um, it's like Blake Baggett. Like if you're Blake Baggett in a situation, and I'm sure we'll talk about him later, but it's like you have to do everything you can after that performance to talk it down. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So talk it down. So the easiest way to do it, I guess, for them is to not say anything. <laughs> Because they just can't control what they say? I almost think it's like that. Like, okay. if Mike does well, he knows he's going to say good stuff. Yeah. And it might not last. Well, so don't say anything. Hey, I honestly feel like that the conversations that Mike Alessi has with everyone else and the conversations that Mike, Tony, and whoever else is around between themselves are very different conversations. Very, very different. And I feel like... He doesn't. He doesn't want to take any chance on slipping into that kind of talk where other people are listening. I really. That's why I really feel about it. Right. Oh, well, maybe so. Um, but he rode well. Remember on the podium at Hangtown when he won a moto in 350. Oh yeah. He no, said no, no. over and over, "We've answered all the questions today. Yep. Everyone now knows that this bike can get it done." So how stupid did he look for the next 22 motos after Hangtown? No, and he, he talked about the Navy Seal, and he's fit. And, uh, see, yeah, it but, just makes you look dumb. Yeah, but my my comeback to that is just don't say anything dumb. But your comeback would be he can't help it. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's what JT is saying too. Like right. these conversations might slip out. Okay, all yep. right. Just protecting. He's protecting himself from himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very wise. Um, but hey, didn't didn't ride well in the first moto, but rode well in the second one um, uh, to get a third and. Uh, Short and Metcalf and him all tied in points, and uh, Shorty passed Metcalf on the last lap. Did we, not me, because I, I, I look like a genius, but did, did you, Wygant, and Pingree, and maybe you, JT, did you guys all sleep on Andrew Short? Come on. Did I sleep on him? No, I, I don't even know what I he did. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Did, we, did you guys underrate him? Uh, go back uh, last I thought show. he was I capable not. of getting fifth or whatever. Well, he got fourth. Yeah, I mean, he was like, you know, that fourth, fifth spot. Like, I his, felt like he was okay. kind of there all day. His starts, uh, 
Thoughts were on point. I thought he was capable of that. Why again? Just listen to last week's show. I said him and Metcalf I thought would be the best for the rest of the year, and it's really, really hard to pick between two of them. And I picked Metcalf, but, I mean, I basically saying they're about the same. They'd yeah. be close. I feel like I feel like I was – I slept in him for Supercross for sure. I feel like I was waving but, that flag for Shorty and all by myself. But um, Well, I think a big thing for him is going to be he's going to do well because his starts are going to really allow him to do well, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big part of his outdoor season is how good his starts are. Why well, again? What happened to Justin Brayton? I don't know. I actually texted him, hoping to get some info before this show, but I haven't gotten any back. Ooh, I texted him yesterday. He got right back to me. Well, he could be riding right now. Yeah, good point. He, uh, yeah, not saying that. He's actually pretty, pretty good. Uh, Only JT texts while riding. Yeah, in the air. In the air. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was not good. Wow, he was really not good. Uh, yeah, twenty four sixteen. In the on the TV show, we're following Millsap's progress through the pack. You know, after crashing on the second lap, and then he told you there that he popped his elbow out and all that stuff. So he's mm-hmm. struggling with all these things, and along the way, he just runs into Brayton, who's just racing in that spot. Yeah, yeah. Like Millsap's was coming through in the teens. Brayton was just there, and and Les Smith told me in practice he saw. Brayton and figured, well, if I just hook on with him, I'll probably get a pretty good lap in. So I'll just follow him around and try to match his pace as close as I can. And then he said about halfway through the lap, he's like, the dude is holding me up. What is going on? <laughs> right. And he had to go around him. Right. Um, I, don't know. I don't know. I feel like I want my money back on the Ryan Hughes stuff. I just uh, – all the hype that I bought into, or I don't know if I did or not, but what a disaster. Not good. Didn't he ride um, – USGP, Glenn Helm, two years ago? He did, yep. How'd that go? Not good. Not good. Right. Yeah. So he's two years older now? Yep. Right, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, what about uh, Nico Easy rode well? You get the 10th. Uh, rode, had a good race. Uh, Weimer, I thought, was really good. Uh, Weimer was out, was dead last, and he came back to 10th. Quietly, Jake Weimer had a pretty good day. Oh. Didn't uh, see that. Yeah. Uh, tickle. Also, uh, Tickle was good, um, six seven. So, if if you're Mitch Payton, I don't know what you do now with Dean Wilson out. If you drop Tickle back down, he we had him on the show. He was being pretty coy about it, but I wonder what happens. You kind of got to give Tickle another chance. Uh, JT Tickle was pretty good, huh? He was fast. I, I was surprised to see him go up and pass Michael Essie the first moto. I didn't see that coming, but he was good. Um, yeah. I would be excited if he went back down to white. So that'd be cool. For you personally, you mean? Yes, absolutely. Of course. Yes. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I think that would be a great move for everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. But what is Kawasaki doing with – I mean, they just lost Rattray too, I, I guess. Um, yeah, Rattray's out for till Red Bud maybe. Right, so what's going to happen? Nothing. They're, no- just, they're nothing. They're not going to do nothing. Yeah, really? I think they should just let that bike sit, save parts. <laughs> um, Again, JT's on that. Really thing. focus on – yeah, of course. Yeah. Really focus on Weimer. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, bummer for Rattray. That 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 thing lasted a uh, that thing lasted a. Um, How bad is it? One lap. Yeah, if that. How bad is it? When I've heard the crash was started by Rhino. When, well, Rhino definitely started the crash, but not for Rattray. Rattray got a rock in it, or was it from the crash? I was talking to Reed. Well, Rattray was still racing after Rhino crashed at the beginning, right? Yeah, because Rhino crashed on the start. And then Rattray was way ahead of all that. Right. 
So I don't know. I thought he crashed and got up and then tried to ride a few laps and was hurting. No. No, I don't think so. Oh. No, because on the on the TV coverage, he was top ten or something like that at one point. Oh, that's right. Rhino was down. Yeah, he actually was there for the first lap. Um. Yeah, I think it was a rock. The rock, like Larocco. Possibly, but I would assume it was more of a rock. It oh. could have been Fraggle Rock. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been rock and roll. Rocky Balboa. Could have been anything. Uh, I'm not ruling anything out at this point. Yeah, exactly. Nico Izzy wrote, I brought up Nico Izzy. I was surprised at him. His fitness seemed pretty good. We only know he's got the speed, but, um, you know, the fitness was an issue. And 11-10 is pretty good. 11-10. Um, he 10th uh, overall. Bobby Canari coming from outside the top 20, both motos. 12-13. How many races is Bob doing? Uh, just the first two. First two, okay. Okay, you're okay. And then he leaves. Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I was hoping just one, but <laughs> I think we can get. Right. What about Tommy Hahn's performance, Wygant? What do you think? Yeah, uh, he was really positive. I talked to him after the race. He was really pumped on the way he rode and the way things went. I mean, he started right there with the leaders in the first one and got eighth. I guess that's, I guess that's pretty good. I was surprised that he, you know, just knowing how racers are, I was surprised that he was pumped on that. I mean, eighth is a good result, but, mm -hmm. you know, a couple guys got by him, um, guys that he would probably want to think he's on the same level as, but eighth is still good. Second moto, I was surprised. <clears throat> JT, we're talking about, talking about this before the show. He went down and obviously rode pretty well after that, but still couldn't get into the points, which to me points to, once again, how fast everybody is, even outside the top 20. Like if you're yeah. a factory guy and you're as fast as Tommy Hahn, if you start last, you might not even be able to pass 20 dudes. Yeah, but Weimer started so, last and got 10th. Literally, he crashed. He was, he was dead last. So Han so was had a bad moto then. So he's I don't know. I'm way too positive then for because he was saying I rode great. Well, rode great. It's his first race. Very happy since, the way I rode. It's first race since Phoenix. So yeah, you know, and you gotta. Yeah. Uh, what about your teammate Jimmy Albertson, JT? Maybe we were seeing Jimmy loves outdoors a little better than Supercross. Yeah, he did awesome. Pumps for him. Uh, the first moto, him and Burner were having a battle there, I guess. And then the second moto, he started like fifth, so that mm -hmm. obviously helped his day a lot. Yeah. Um, but he wrote great. I was pumped for him. I mean, I, I know he works hard, and he's such a nice guy. And oh. I think Supercross was a little, you know, I, I don't really know what the right word is for it. I think he obviously expected to do better. Right. So, uh, no, it's good. I mean, I, I was happy for him and happy for the team and happy for our sponsors. and You know, cause I, mm -hmm. I want, if I'm not doing well, somebody needs to do it. So Yeah. Um, good. Uh, Sean Collier showed up again. I don't know what is with yeah. this guy, just coming up, running pretty good, and then going away for another year. Yep. See you next year. Well, I won't see you next year, but yeah. somebody will. <laughs> um, and then why can't uh, Chris Blow's Pulpomex two-stroke didn't qualify, which might have saved you from potentially having friendship issues with me because you wouldn't announce him as a Pulpomex Yamaha. I did I did have a huge – felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders when I – You're lucky. Uh you're saw lucky. the LCQ and saw how it broke down, and I was like, won't even have to wrestle this. Yep, yep, because I would have been yeah. upset. You weren't going to say Pulp Max Yamaha? He said he, he – I would have only if it was truly – you know, he really would have had to have done something special, which would have been – What if like, he had walked and ruined the race? Five. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> I, don't oh, I would have done it for sure then. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the lights class. Yes? No? Yeah, Go I don't think it. there were any other – Huge surprise out there. A couple people were wondering. 
Like Metcalf, you know, went past short and Millsaps in the first moto. Yeah, it looked and like then, he was on fire. And then, yeah, and then had short, it seemed like covered for most of moto two, but both times he got reeled in late. Um, heard a few people wondering about that. Yeah. Is it too early and, to, is it too early to vote Mike Webb as team manager of the year? He's got to be pretty <laughs> the pumped on that. first half of the first moto, no doubt about it. Hey, what about the Renthal bars? That's a that's a weird deal because that's owned yeah. by Tucker Rocky and James Ware's answer gear, which is owned by Tucker Rocky. So in effect, James is saying to his sponsor, I'm not gonna run your product even though I'm contracted to. The team is, I guess. Yeah, let's not put that on James. I don't want to put that on James, but he asked to run Renthals, and Suzuki said yes. Thereby giving the finger to Pro Taper. Which is owned by Tucker Rocky and James and and handlebars. Is it JT? Is it possible for handlebars to be that much of a difference? Like, I they can only be comfortable with these. Like, are handlebars that different? Uh, I don't think so. We switch handlebars every year. I feel like so it's just whatever you know, a day or two, and then you're pretty used to it. But why didn't you ask him this last night on the on your show? Steve? That would have been a great time to ask a question like this. Or the two days in a row you had him on shows wow anything yeah um well yeah i don't think it was his call really you know he asked if he could use them and they said yes and here's the kicker what do you mean it wasn't his call i don't understand that well here's the kicker they could have very easily put a pro taper crossbar pad on a pair of rentals and just done that that's been done you know hundreds of times in this sport but they didn't even do that they just Were you afraid to ask him this question? No. No. Maybe I didn't think about it, but I, I got a lot of tweets about it, a lot of email tweets. People are very concerned about that. I, just, I mean, it's obviously a, it's some, something was going on there. That, that would be a question <laughs> that I would have asked him probably. Okay, all right. Well, I forgot. Okay. I mean, I, I spoke to Suzuki guys about it. I spoke to the Pro Taper guys about it. So. I think you were scared to press the issue. No, no. I, I think I would have asked him. I think he would have went, yeah, I don't know, man. I just asked if I could use Renthal's, and they said, sure. That's what he would have said. All that other stuff, man, I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably what he would have said, right? Why I mean, I, I don't know how else you can look at it other than he was more comfortable using Renthal's. And then, you know, they use Renthal's at JGR, right? Or no? Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, he was more comfortable. and. Didn't want to, you know, maybe he just felt like he was changing everything so much already. He didn't want to change another thing. Yeah. Ooh. Um, also, they said about the uh, the Dunlops at Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. Careful. Uh, all right. Let's move on. I just found it interesting. Um, Blake Baggett. Um, that was a hell of a first moto hall again. What a charge. Yeah. It's so weird. It's the exact same thing that he was doing last year, but it's still, like, I don't know if he, Will we ever get used to that type of thing? Like, it was yeah. no less crazy and shocking and unbelievable to see, even though we've seen it before, from the same guy at the same track on the same bike. Maybe because it's been a year, but to me that was more shocking than ever. Yeah, yeah almost more because he struggled. in super- Like, last year, no one remembers, but he did actually win the last East. Well, he won the East main event in Vegas last year. And he was leading the points after Daytona. Yeah. This year, it was such a struggle. I, I, I don't know. Like, I know we've seen it before. 
but I don't know if it will ever not be a shock. It's just completely the opposite way that every other rider ever has ever raced or won a race. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Holy shit balls was that an impressive ride. Wow. Um and then second moto just did no need for that in the second moto. Just see you later. I'm gone. Bye. Yeah. See ya. First train out of Hangtown. All aboard. It is literally clockwork. Like literally fifteen minutes. Here it comes. What so weird. Yeah. If you're if you're Mitch Payton you gotta be a little nervous watching that. You're like, oh, God, is this guy going to do it again, or is this all he's got? But, you know, last year he kind of faded at the end of the season, and he won Hangtown last year. So are we – we're not ready to crown him or stamp him as the guy. Right, JT? It's too early. And he did this, he did this last year. Uh, it's definitely too early to start giving him anything, or, you know. I, I don't – he's obviously very impressive. Like, that was one of the best second half of any moto I've ever seen anyone ride ever. Right. I mean, it was really impressive. The question is, can he sustain that level? Because last year we all saw what happened. He cried. He, he was walking away again at Freestone and then had a big crash, you know, hit his head, couldn't ride at all hardly the second moto. And then it was just hit and miss. Now Morris, he was winning big again, crashed again. You know what I mean? It's, it's, can he sustain that level? And it doesn't have to be that domination type ride. It's just, mm-hmm. can he stay up there contending for wins and not go out there and have a moto where he's just in eighth place riding around and everybody's just kind of like, what is going on? You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Time will tell, I guess. I'm sure that whatever was going on, that they're trying to address it and make sure it doesn't happen again. So, yeah. Uh, well, again, what about Dean Wilson and his, uh, very brief defense, defending attempt at defending his crown. Bye, Gant. Oh, sorry about that. I had, had the line muted. Sorry. Um, I wasn't washing dishes or anything, though, at least. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think for what he's dealing with, I mean, you can't magically make the shoulder better. So you know you're dealing with that going in. I'd say this is almost the best-case scenario. I mean, he's still going to get pretty much the exact same amount of time he would have gotten to recover. Yeah. If he had not raced the opener, but at least he'll always know. He'll never have to wonder, man, I wonder what would have happened if I had given it a shot. Right. Or what do I look like with a number one plate? Yeah, or people are going to always question my toughness because I didn't try. Right. So I, I think it was almost best case scenario. for It was a win-win without winning. How about that? <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. the, the, the sentimental Steve Mathis is happy that he got to ride with a number one plate, at least for half a moto. I don't know why. I just feel like that's that's just something that he got to do. No? Did you ever get to run yeah. number one in Manitoba? You know, I never did, JT. Um, I never did get to do that, and uh, it's a real shame. I, however, did in Germany, and it was awesome. <laughs> Not going to lie. Ooh, I thought it was really cool. Right. No, I, I can say uh, I think on the MX uh, versus ATV Alive, I may have put number one on my bike. You know, but that might have been the closest I ever got to that. Um, You're uh, number one on the upgrade list sometimes. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. The uh, Barsha, Rocks, and Tomac, um, those guys look like they're going to, with Baggett, of course, they look like they're going to be right there the whole way. Uh, not much to choose from between those guys, huh, Wygant? Like, Tomac got involved in the start, the crash off the start in the second moto. Um, and the first moto, maybe he dropped back a little 
bit a little bit too much than we would have liked, but Rox and Barsha and Tomac uh, handicapped those guys. What do you think, Wygant? Yeah, yeah, they were definitely all solid. Like, I think you can see there's going to be a big improvement with the, the Geico guys from where they were last year. It just seemed like overall for both of them a more solid day. And, you know, last year things were pretty up and down for them in Hangtown. That's really just kind of set the stage for the entire year for them. Mm-hmm. So I think you're seeing, you know, I know that they both learned some lessons, I'm sure, as riders. Uh, Barsha was a mess last year as far as being sick and hurt, and he has to deal with that. And he's got six time training him now. And I know, speaking of The Rock, he personally has made sure the bikes are better, right? Yeah. Which is just <clears throat> hilarious to me to choked, know that. You getting choked up over that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, think about the nostalgia there. So, Rocco, Rocco's what, 40 now? Got to be close, right? Uh, oh, he's over 40. No? Yeah. He is personally testing these bikes. Right. That is just I don't even know what to say. That's either the coolest or the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm was, not sure. Was six time there? Did you see him? No, I didn't see him. I, I didn't see him either. Was. Yeah, I didn't see him. JT, did you see him? I didn't, and I was on uh, Barsha's flight on the way home, and I didn't see him with him, so okay. I don't mm-hmm. think he was there. Um, what about Ivan Tedesco? What about Ivan Tedesco? The only thing that went wrong was those number nines on his back, as I said last night. Those are ridiculous. They come off? No, they're just so – Weren't very good, right? Yeah, they were, they were like, very amateurish. They were like dirt digits from 85. Like they were yeah. – it was a skinny little number nine. I, I don't know what the deal was. They got to fix that, though. They got to get that thing big and make it, you know, his font and stuff. Terrible, yeah. terrible jersey lettering, Andy Gustafson of Thor. Other than that, though, uh, fourth overall, surprising, JT? Uh, I would say it was surprising. I, I was impressed. I thought it was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Just he was solid. He got good starts. He was decent in practice, up there all day. Yeah, finished strong. And it was cool. Good you, day for him. I, I was I make, was pleasantly surprised at how his day went. Does it make you maybe think about dropping down to two fifties? No. Oh, okay. Definitely not. <laughs> just, all right. Um, what do you think, Wygant? What, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Ivan Tedesco and his performance? Uh, pretty damn Man, good. I think that's the biggest surprise of the day. Like I know. Again, it is crazy to think that a guy didn't race outdoors, uh, Stewart, full-time for four years and goes 1-1, and it's not a big surprise. But it's not nearly as big a surprise to me as Tedesco. Like, there was – there had to be – man, I know he's out there testing and riding and maybe has somewhat of an idea where he might fit in. But that class is pretty stacked. The kids are super aggressive. Um, there had to be some worries that he was just not going to be on the pace, right? Well, he clearly was fine. And – you know, he's coming off an injury and hasn't raced class in a while. That's that's unbelievable. That was the biggest surprise of the whole weekend to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, what would you rank as a bigger surprise? Like even Baggett, as crazy as it was, I'm like, well, he has done it before. Yeah. No. Good point. I really wondered about Tedesco. That was how many people do you really think thought think thought he would finish fourth uh, in that class? Yeah, no, many good yeah, guys. no. I mean, well, his 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 buddy, my co-host, Paul Pomex Show, not yeah. surprised at all. Knew not that was biased, coming. not biased at all either. No, knew that was coming, and and you know he's a champion and a winner. But um, besides him, yeah, that's pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big surprise. Yeah, no, that's awesome. What did what did think... uh, you guys think of Barsha? Uh, I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he was good. I mean, you know, I guess getting getting past. Uh, by those guys late in the moto, sort of late in the moto. Maybe he wasn't that good, but he was solid. 
He was solid. I just felt like I expected more. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't expect him to falter. Not falter. That's the wrong word. Just, yeah, uh, yeah. I felt like he controlled the race for so long, both motos. And then Roxon kind of, you know, roughed him up a little bit. And I, I don't know. I just expected him to come back and just like, when he, when Roxon kind of like pushed him out in that turn, I'm like, oh, you're, it's on now. You know what I mean? Like, and and we've been I feel like we've been waiting for that all season and it hasn't come other than the one Houston incident where he lost his temper. Uh-huh. It's just been such a mild manner, Justin Barsha all summer or I'm sorry all season. Right. I don't I don't know. I just was like I haven't seen that fire and it's oh. not that he's riding that. He's obviously riding great. He's been incredibly good. Well, what do you yeah. want him to do? Turn into the Incredible Hulk and Roostock Bodner every week? No, but have you seen him? Have you seen him be Bam Bam at all this year, other than that one time? And that was even that wasn't even on the track. That was after the race. Have you seen it at all? Um, Honestly, eh, a little bit here and there. He got some criticisms uh, for Wharton, Bam Bam and Morton, I think, early on in the year. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just, and I don't think it's different for the worse. Right. I just thought when Roxon came up and passed him, and then you know after the way Baggett did both of them at the end of that moto, he was so impressed. But I just I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just being like calm, and this is my approach this year. I'm going to be there every race, and I'm going to walk away with this title at the end. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. You know, I, I don't know. It's just different. I was like, I honestly was in the in the truck when Roxon did that, watching live on TV, and I'm like, oh, here we go. I was yeah, like bumping yeah. somebody, and I'm like, it's on, it's on, you know. And then it's kind of nothing. So right, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I think mean, around one. I don't want to take away from. Him. I thought he rode great. I just whatever. It's almost a perfect ride for, like, the first round of the year, though, you know? Like, he knows he's there. He knows he's going to be one of the guys. Points aren't really a big deal. I mean, what did he lose? A handful to bag it. But, you know, that class, guys are inconsistent. I think it was okay. And can we can we start giving him credit for his starts? I think it's the third week in a row. Gosh, they're, they're incre- impressive, right? And I know you've been talking about it, but they're good. Dude, the starts are ridiculous. Like, he, so he pulls both. I think he got, what, nine hole shots in Supercross in, like, 12 races? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Both motos. Where did this come from? I don't remember that being his deal until maybe last year. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe all of Lessie's starts magic went to Justin Barsha. Because Alessi, although Alessi, you know, got the whole shot second motor. He did go one for two this week. Yeah, that's a good point. But his yeah. starts haven't been Michael Any Alessi's starts. Any whole shot starts. of Vegas. Okay. All right, I'll be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you guys. Did you guys ever talk about that leg kick he pulled off of Vegas? That was impressive. What was that? <laughs> I don't what did, know. Was I it, didn't see it until I got home and watched yeah. the race on TV. But wow, yeah, that was that was a heck of a move there. It's it's very strange. Stay away, <laughs> stay away. I'm gonna kick you. I'm gonna kick you. Uh, yeah, I feel like they have an arsenal of strategic <laughs> maneuvers that they can pull out at any time. Right, right. Hey, speaking of, where, where's Jeff? Is Jeff retired or quit or fired? I or? told you he went to work for Dirt Diggers. <laughs> Yes, I know. He I was mean, there this weekend. I saw him with the white and red shirt on. He was there for dirt oh, diggers. He, he was doing. He was he dropping was the gate. on the uphill loops. <laughs> he did his job. He delivered a whole shot. Second moto. Um, he did. It was six point eight seconds is the number they were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> what, where was Weston Pike this weekend too? Couldn't get a ride. Oh, he's not racing. Wow. Didn't didn't get a ride. Unbelievable. I talked to him. Nobody uh, picked him up. Friday. Yeah. Friday, I think. Just was like, yeah, he just said he can't can't afford to do it on his own. So, hmm. wow. Um, I've been telling you guys for weeks about Davalos. 
another guy, I mean, that 14-4, you know? Yeah, you've been a staunch supporter. Sixth overall. Good ride for him in a second moto, though. Yeah. And Cunningham had a drama-free 9-8, which is good. Just just steady, 9-8. Jason Anderson, 8-9. So, Anderson was up no there. No bad news. I read on a, on another rival website of Racer X's that uh, Cunningham twisted his ankle really badly. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Did finish, obviously. Um, but um, I, I checked with Marvin Musquin's mechanic on, on uh, Marvin the Martian's tremendous fade in the second moto. It was really bad. And uh, his hand, he's got a sore hand, which we saw him in a cast before the first round. And I guess it, it flared up or it bothered him. So, hence the fade back from Musquin, which is pretty uncharacteristic for him. He showed at the beginning of each moto. I mean, he definitely showed he has the, the pace mm-hmm. for that lead group. That's unfortunate because, man, you start the year out like that. How are you going to get healed up? Yeah, yeah, exactly, huh? Um, and then I, also. I'll tell you what, that, that track was demanding. I could. I could feel for him if he wasn't, you know, able to ride or do anything. Right. That track was brutal this Bo- weekend. Bogle's so. hurt too. Why again? Did you hear that? Bogle's hurt. Somebody told me that. I don't know if it's true. Oh, uh, Bogle crashed in practice like bad. Oh, it was gnarly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we actually had footage of it. But he actually first motor was okay, and second motor was better. Yeah. Um, so it's like he was magically healing like by the minute <laughs> as he as he was out there. He's young. Well, so first motor wasn't so good. He got like twenty first, but yeah, so he was, got better was toward deep. the end of the day. Yeah. Second motor, I think yeah. he got top ten or something, seventh or eighth or something. Yeah, my Mookie fever was high in the first moto for a little while. He was up there, and I don't know what happened. Then a big crash in the second moto. Yeah, yeah, not not a good day, not a good season for him. What a, what a terrible year for Mookie. Just don't see any of that Mookie fever either out of him. What about Jesse Nelson? TLD, he's got no thumb. Yeah, fastest of the non-thumb riders. He has no thumb, really? He has no thumb. He wears a prosthetic like thumb. Like Mr. Jinx? <laughs> yes, yes, like Mr. Jinx. <laughs> Where do you come up I with did this not, shit? I did not know that. Um, yeah, he has a prosthetic that he puts in his glove, and, and he races like that. And the guys were telling me that he always comes back. His grip is always twisted because wow, he, no, he has no thumb. So. Right? That's pretty awesome, actually. I didn't know that. I know. I want to go see it, but like, I don't quite – how do you – how do you start that conversation? Hey, man, I heard you got no thumb. Can I see? No, you just say, hey, man, somebody was telling me that you are racing with a prosthetic. Like, that's that's really awesome. Like, they just tell me I want to check it out. Like, I don't, I'm sure it's, sure it's not like a – Yeah. You know, I'm sure yeah. everyone asks about it. Yeah, he probably doesn't feel like a circus freak at this point. Dude, he, haul, he hauls ass. Like, that's, that's pretty awesome. My co-host says that's his home track, though, and to not expect – more of that, but I mean, he only went thirteen seventeen, so it wasn't like he, you know. He was first turn crash yeah. though in the second moto. Still got seventeen. Oh, was he down there with Will, with Wilbur and Mookie? Yeah, Will and uh, and Tomac and, and Mookie Tomac. and Mookie and a Sewell brother. Oh, a Sewell brother was down there too. A Sewell brother, yeah. yeah. Mookie went down on the half, like halfway through the lap. Oh, he wasn't in that first turn. No, Mookie no, went down with he, oh. he was, yeah, he went down. With, he and Nicoletti were like right up there. For like half a lap. Yeah. They were what? Like third and fourth or something. Oh, shit. I need to watch that, I guess. I was watching. I only watched 450s on TV. So, live I watched. You only watched the big, the main guys. Yeah, the big yeah. guys. You know, I just wanted to see that lapper. I just wanted to see the who, big name. who that fucking <laughs> lapper was. Um, uh, Kyle, Derek Anderson, Kyle Regal, thoughts on that? Ben LeMay? Derek I got, Anderson. 
Derek Anderson, the uh, Cowie privateer guy. He was up there for a little bit, 20, 23 19. Oh. I'd never really heard of the guy before. He rated yeah, Melbourne last year. He was number 64 last year. Really? Yep. Are you sure you're not thinking of uh, the guy from Phoenix, Eric Anderson? Um, um, Eric Anderson. Used to wear JT gear? Yeah, that guy's like 40 years old, Steve. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No. Yeah, I, I was true. I was watching Paula today. Okay. Um, and he was on there. He was Six, number 64. 64, huh? Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of JT Gear, yeah. also on a rival website of RacerX, I read that. for the. This is the explanation it had. Due to the higher speeds of outdoors, Michael Lessie and Vince Freeze of the Moto Concepts team have switched from JT to showy helmets. What wow. does that mean? What does wow. that mean? Yeah. Who said that? Like, was it a press release or like a? No, just in their in their captions. But I have to admit, this is the same caption that produced in the Gossip and Rumor category. James Stewart will be riding Suzuki starting at Hangtown. So I can't argue the accuracy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, they switched from JT helmets to Showy. I talked to Mike Genova about it, and he just said it was in his contract. He didn't have to wear JT for the outdoor, and they were okay with it. And he wanted to put Showy on. And I think the implication, the implied. The implied thoughts are that the showy is a better helmet. Right. But as I went off last night on the Pulp MX show, helmet testing is so effed, it's not even funny. It's ridiculous. What, did someone actually believe that there's, like, some proof? That's what I mean. One helmet being safer? There, what are you there, is, there is no proof. It's ridiculous. And uh, No. Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm, I totally agree. Oh, like, okay. We know these tests are not relevant to motocross no, at all. I, I I said it last night. There was a Cycle World mag issue magazine that came out with, you know, Snell is a drop yourself on your head from like 100 feet up or whatever, one-time impact. And that's how they test for Snell helmets. Uh, and DOT is a little bit less stringent. And the Cycle World, that's not like a one-drop thing. Cycle World says, how often do you just do, how often do you just lawn dot yourself into the ground? Not very often. So they came up with a new test or somebody came up with a new test where you drop and drag. So the guys, that's like what happens in JT when you crash. You hit and you drag. And you hit again, 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 right? Like you'll, your head is bouncing off the ground or whatever. Um, okay. And their tests said that the $130 uh, ZR1 helmet, what is it from Parts Unlimited who makes uh, – what is that thing? What's that called? Um, their house brand of helmet. Um, right. Whatever it is, ZR1. Uh, came out as the best helmet you could buy, 130 bucks. And I mean, I, it, when I read this article, it just, I just once again just reaffirmed me that I have no effing clue how helmet safety works, what works best, what test is best, who pays who's, who's greasing whose pockets, and all that. Helmet, the helmet stuff, I, I just, I, I'm blown away. I got no clue. So I do know Showy's fit nice, and they look cool, and they're a great helmet. And I know that I I'm the, the entire safety gear industry in yeah, motocross. Maybe. I do and know yeah. I am the only one standing on the top of the mountaintop yelling that JT helmets are badass. <laughs> I know that because no one is with me on that, but I think they look cool. Maybe, maybe they made decisions uh, early on. Look. I don't know. Maybe they just like the way the showy looks that badly. What maybe, do you think? Maybe it's made maybe out of plastic. Maybe yeah. Genova made a Moto Concepts plastic helmet. Mm-hmm. Bubbles inside it. Yeah, little air jets of bubbles. 
and it just circulates in your head and like an airbag the first first time you hit the jet compensates and shoots more water towards the area of impact <laughs> i'm just saying tell you what those fly helmets are good Fly helmets. I'm throw yeah. that out there. Fly helmets are amazing. You can get those at btosports.com. You can uh, use the word Steve and save yourself some money. So you can also get showy helmets and JT helmets. I'm just saying, like, I saw that too, and I don't, I don't really know. Genova obviously didn't. He just said we wasn't in the contract and we could switch if we wanted to. So Not a real good endorsement. But, I mean, but like we just finished saying, like, who knows, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a – maybe – I mean, maybe he hit his head. Didn't feel comfortable. Speaking of switching, the way it worked. Switching of speaking of switching products, um, Ben Lemay forgot his goggles at home, and as many people know who listen, I do the race service for X Brand goggles. TheXBrand.com, by the way, save forty percent by typing in "look on more." Anyways, uh, Ben Lemay forgot his goggles at home. Called me up, said, "Can I wear your goggles?" And so I built him some goggles. He wore X Brands at Hangtown. And he's going to wear, you know, his regular brands starting this week. But I thought that'd be a cool ad campaign. X brand goggles. When you forget your sponsored product. You know? We're there when you forget your goggles. Something like that. Run a photo of LeMay. Getting all busy. No? Very nice. All right. Nothing? Charitable. N- not funny? Not not good? Um... Uh, I mean, it kind of gives off the vibe that they're only good enough for when you forget your normal product. But mm, Ryan point. Sipes, uh, riding hurt? Did I hear that? He has the same injury as um, uh, Muskin. And? Uh, Muskin had surgery. Sipes is just toughing it out Kentucky style. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. seem to go that well, though. He was my sleeper duct pick. Tape. He's yeah. using duct tape. Duct tape and tobacco. Chewing tobacco. <laughs> it's not uh, a beast thing. Uh, he's peeing on it in between motos. <laughs> <laughs> he's peeing with. I'm gonna get Bobby Reagan. I got somebody, somebody's got to piss on this hand before we start. Or I'm I'm not gonna be worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, get, and give me some of that moonshine. Uh, Wygant, I'm very surprised you did not work in a Dakota Kessler mention at all. Um, <clears throat> how did Dakota Kessler? Did he did he make the field in the same manner that our man JT did? Because I, I looked know. at the he won the contest. Oh, he won the contest. Here we go. Okay. I looked yeah. at the qualifying times and I was very disappointed because he didn't make it. And then yeah. all of a sudden I had the line. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JT, you're just a racer. You need that gate drop to get the adrenaline going. That's it. That's all. Well, let's let's talk about that though. Uh, let's talk about how Davy Coombs effed over Chris Blows into Pulpamex YZ250 by changing the format this year. Uh, not really, but the format is new this year. JT, do you like it? Uh, I liked it this weekend. <laughs> Typ- <laughs> typical racer. <laughs> if it was good for me, I like it. What do you think, Wygant? Do you like it? Yeah, only because hopefully it'll get people to shut up about, oh, I paid ticket prices to see racing. Like, I don't I- – I've said this on this show before. I remember 10 years ago, all the local guys around High Point and Steel City where I lived would say – this isn't fair. It's a four-lap race. The start is everything. It's not based on how fast you can go or how good a rider you are. They should do this based on lap times. Yeah. So the fastest guys make the field. They do that, and the very next year, the same as that guys are saying, why would we qualify on lap times for a race? We should race our way into a race. Duh. Yeah. 
You're exactly you right. You're you're you so you want. you're so right. Yeah, you, you can't win. You just cannot win. No, you just got to tell that person, listen, guy, you're not good enough to be in the race right now. <laughs> yeah, that you know answer I mean? like that answer is not on the list. It's A or B. That's the letter C, but it's not on there. Good, not good enough. That's never the case. Do you do you like it? Why well, get? Do you think it's cool? I mean, I guess it's good. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, for fans, you know. I'm sure that race lasts a couple minutes, and that's probably more exciting than watching a few more minutes of practice, mm-hmm. right? It's a cool little warm-up, you know, for the day, like for the big points-paying motos. Um, also, a big change, you know, they moved WMX to the beginning. Um, I think huh? that's a good one, too. What, who? Yeah. There's a third championship class. I don't, I don't know why we haven't talked about it yet. Um, I, well, first of all, before we get to that, uh, I like it, too. I mean, Chris Bowles got effed. Because he was the 40th fastest guy, but um, whatever. What are you gonna do? I, it's still good to see a gate drop, I guess, in some racing. So JT liked it because it helped him out. Uh, the women thing. Thank Jesus, somebody else won. That's all I wanted. That's all I cared about. You guys have heard me say it on and on. I just want someone else to be there to help the class out. And some chick from Australia won. So good job. I actually yeah. put out my first ever tweet. I think about the WMX because that chick won. There you go. Yeah, I just that's all I want. I just want parody. I just want they're all Jessica. I got no problems with Jessica or Ashley. The rest of them make the class look ridiculous. Thank God there's someone else that won. I'm with you. Okay. It's not it's not a anyone who's not super pumped on WMX, it's not a sexist point. The problem is that the racing is not as good. We're not even complaining about them not being as fast or not looking as stylish because they're not guys. Like, literally, their motos aren't as exciting to watch because the battles aren't as good. Yeah, no. That's, that's uh, not a biased point. I would use the word terrible, but you didn't go there, but I did. Um, but let me yeah. ask you this. I, I talked to Eddie Ray after the race. Now, for those who don't know, there, there isn't much bigger fan of women's racing than Eddie Ray. I feel like I got a little bit of a biased viewpoint from him, though. <laughs> Imagine that. Shocker. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. It's shocking. But um, – <laughs> I said, so does this chick have anything, like, he explained to me the whole deal, how she won, what happened, you know, all this and that. And I said, so th- is this chick got anything for you guys? And she, he said, no, no. And, and I don't think so. And then we had an Australian guy here last night that said she fell in the first turn of the first moto, and she crashed, and she came back to get eighth. And if nothing happens, she's legit and can maybe challenge those top two. What's the real story? Well, again, you had to actually announce the race. So what's the real story? No, they, they pulled us from that. Oh, they did? Oh. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You were in and you were out, just be- like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were talking about the pit reporter girl that they grabbed literally 24 hours before the race. And then on Friday night, after she spent all day Friday, like, cramming with information on motocross, they're like, hey, uh, you guys are doing the women's class for AlliesSports.com. And she's like, oh, my God, I've never, never even heard of these racers. And I go, well, all you have to do is podium interviews. It'll be easy. And, by the way, the champ's death. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and she was, she was like, oh, no, you've, are you kidding me? I'm like, nope, doesn't speak at all. Good luck. Yeah. You got an interviewer. Um, somewhere along the lines, they just decided to put the PA address on okay. instead of us. Well, I, um, I might actually might wander over to the fence this weekend in Texas. And just see if this chick's got something else. Now, I'll watch for a couple laps. If it's the same old two up front and dominating the class, then I'll go back to the press tent and keep eating. Otherwise, if the Australian chick is there, then, I, uh, you know, now we may have something. 
Apparently, she was um, the Moss de- Moss's dad hosts a writing academy over there, and she's the, one of the top students oh. of the Moss Institute of Writing. That's actually the name. <laughs> what is the Moss Institute of Writing? Close your eyes and pin it. I mean, what exactly <laughs> is what the- fundamentals are being taught in this? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the same lines of the MTF facility. Same, oh, yeah. we train all the riders known for fading? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, right. JT, um, thank you for coming on the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast. No problem. Um, Hangtown wrap-up. Good job this weekend. Uh, maybe this weekend, oh, try, yeah. not, try, not to, try not to screw anybody else up this weekend. <laughs> Try not to ruin the entire race for and ruin the sport for everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's all. All right. That's it. I'll work on that. Maybe if Wygant misses the gate drop and you hold up the leaders, you two both can, <laughs> can hold hands and go off in the sunset as the people who it's ruin motor- conspiracy. <laughs> um, it really is. We don't have anything else to talk about, right? We're good? No. All right. We're good. Wygant, we'll do this on the air for the fans so you they can realize who's in charge. Do you want this today for Racer X? Ooh, let's see. It's almost 5 o'clock Eastern time now. Yeah. So that would mean I would have to work, like, late tonight. I mean, it takes a good three minutes to post this. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, send it over. We might not post it till tomorrow anyway, but <clears throat> if you put an extra effort I'll put and it. I don't, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's the yeah. boss man, folks, right there, live. Yep. Both barrels, right there. I got it with both barrels right there. Uh, you get the podcast over to me. I might not actually post it. Right. How's that? Uh, yep. Right. Good job, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll see both of you jerkies in uh, Texas this weekend. Thanks. All right. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.